and welcome to Something Interesting. I'm Albert Berg, and to get into today's interesting thing, I'm going to be starting with a quote from a man named Roger Fisher. Now, Roger Fisher was a Harvard professor. His goal, his, his largest sort of study area was in the idea of negotiations and resolving conflicts. He has a great book called Getting to, to Yes, which I have read and I highly recommend that you read if you're at all interested in negotiating anything. And he, at the time, decided to apply his knowledge about negotiation to ending the largest problem that the world was facing, in his and many people's opinion. Now, this was the 1980s, 1970s, and so this problem was global thermal nuclear war. Everybody was freaking out that the United States and the Russians would launch missiles at each other and essentially wipe out most of the planet with nukes, or at least, you know, the parts of the planet that mattered to the people who were worrying about it, like the United States. And so Fisher in his goal to think of how to prevent this, came up with an idea. And this is a quote you may have heard of before. I most recently heard this quote read on another podcast, the No Dumb Questions podcast. And in that podcast, I had some issues with how they approached this quote. Let's, let's start with the quote itself. I'll read it and you can interpret it how you would like to, and then I'll add my two cents. Roger Fisher said, quote, My suggestion was quite simple. Put that needed code, that is the code to launch the nuclear rockets, right? The, the button, essentially. Put that code number in a little plastic capsule. And then implant that capsule right next to the heart of a volunteer. The volunteer would carry with him a big, heavy butcher knife as he accompanied the president. If ever the president wanted to fire nuclear weapons, the only way he could do so would be for him to first, with his own hands, kill one human being. The president says, George, I'm sorry, but tens of millions must die. He has to look at someone and realize what death is, what an innocent death is, blood on the White House carpet. It's reality brought home. When I suggested this to friends in the Pentagon, they said, My God, that's terrible. Having to kill someone would distort the president's judgment. He might never push the button. End quote. That was Roger Fisher's idea. And every single time I have ever heard this discussed, I have heard people taking his side, saying, You know what, Roger Fisher, you're right. That is the right way to approach this. That is how the president should have to act if he wanted to start nuclear war. He should really have to contemplate what taking a life would mean. But, as serious as the idea of thermonuclear war is, and even a, launching a single missile might be, I think that this thinking is actually incredibly flawed. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's flawed by presenting a counterfactual. So the scenario that Mr. Fisher has laid out 
has the person who is carrying the nuclear codes being someone who is, let's say, default honorable, right? This is a volunteer. Um, I don't know. The idea that I've heard it presented as probably somebody in the military, um, I might be sort of extrapolating that context from my recent listening to the discussion of this on the No Dumb Questions podcast. But essentially some sort of clean-cut, all-American-type person who, I mean, his name is George, so it's a dude in this, and the president has to look at him and say, "I we've been together all these years, George, or at least since the beginning of my inauguration, but we do have to launch the nukes, so I'm going to kill you. And obviously that would be horrible, right? That would be very difficult for the president to do. Which is... Roger Fisher's goal here is to make sure that the president does not launch the nukes. However, let's take this exact same scenario. There is a capsule implanted in the heart of a person that will allow, if it is dug out, the president to launch the nukes. However... The person in this scenario is not George. Let's call this person Steve. All right. Now, George is a upstanding, clean-cut, all-American type. He is respectful and kind to the president and just, you know, the, the best of human qualities have been manifested in George. There is not a spot of negative on him. He is... Captain America, essentially, without the superpowers. Steve, on the other hand, is not that. Steve is pathologically antisocial, mentally unstable, violent, unable to consider the consequences of his action. Steve is so dangerous he has to be carried around in a straitjacket. Because if he was not carried around in a straight bat jacket, he would immediately attack the president. Maybe Steve is from a different country. Maybe he is a prisoner of war who, in addition to all of these other problems, hates the president personally. And is attempting, with all of his might, to destroy the president, or at least make his day as bad as it can be. If Steve gets anywhere close to the president, he spits on him. He tries to kick him. He screams obscenities at every chance that he gets. This is Steve's whole deal, is to ruin the president's day. Now, I think in that scenario, you might be able to see what the problem with George is. Because the obvious problem with Steve is that there's probably some temptation to kill this guy. He's ruining your life. Every single day. Now, maybe you don't take that option easily. Because let's assume that anybody who gets elected president of the United States, no matter how much you might dislike them politically, they still aren't going to really feel like killing somebody with a butcher knife. But Steve? They, they've at least thought about it. It's crossed their mind, and when the chance comes across their desk when there's a little rumor of the Russians maybe, maybe causing some problems, well then, you know, it's, you can justify tactically a good idea, but also, boy, 
sure would be great to get rid of Steve. I could, I, I just thought about every single day what it would feel like to be able to finally launch these nukes and not have an excuse. Now, I, the reason that Steve is a bad idea is the same reason that George is a bad idea. The clean-cut All-American who's nice to you and respectful and you see every day and you've got a bond with and he's, you know, got to know your family. You don't want to kill him because he's George. Because you've never had a bad thought about him in your life. And to put the nuclear codes inside George would make you biased against using them when you might need to in the same way that having the nuclear codes inside Steve might make you biased toward using them when you shouldn't need to. That's the point of the quote at the end that's often portrayed as the Pentagon being some bunch of idiots. My God, that's terrible. Having to kill someone would distort the president's judgment. He might never push the button. If you're, if you believe, and this is maybe a reasonable belief, reasonable belief, if you believe that there is no scenario possible when anybody should ever, ever, ever launch a nuke for any reason, militarily trying to stop somebody else's nuclear launch, responding to a nuclear launch towards us as we had planned to do, in the 80s and 70s, the Mutually Assured Destruction Doctrine, if that is your understanding of the world, then maybe George makes sense. Maybe you just put up a roadblock that says no nukes. But at that point, why have a code at all? Because, again, you're, you're essentially saying, I, I want this to be as hard as possible. These kinds of military decisions... As much as we want people to have empathy for their soldiers and for the people that they're sending into battle and who might die, the decision-making process cannot be completely laden with that kind of emotion. The leaders that we have need to be able to be tactical at a certain time. And this goes around to another very popular problem in philosophy that people know usually know at least a little bit about. It's the trolley problem. Now, the basic idea of the trolley problem is that you have a trolley going down a set of tracks. If you do nothing, the trolley will run over five people. However, if you take action, the trolley will switch tracks and only kill one person. Your actions will be responsible for the death of one person, or your inaction could be the responsi responsible for the death of five. That is the very, very basic idea in the trolley problem. But there's another level to it that you may not have heard of. Because it turns out the trolley problem isn't so simple. It's not just about you make the decision and then one person dies or five people die. Because I think most people in their heads in an abstract sense can say, okay, well, I would feel bad about this, but I think if I was choosing, even though I'm choosing to make the change, I would rather have the one person over the five people. You know, assuming that 
you know, the five people aren't convicted criminals and the one person is your mom or something. Again, we're getting into the personal side here. But here's where the trolley, trolley problem gets very tricky. If the way that you make that decision is somewhat disconnected from the human lives that you are going to be impacted with, you are more likely to make what I'm going to call the right decision here and choose to change the train's direction from one track to another. So let's imagine this, right? Let's imagine the the very disconnected version. You are not even in the same room with the trolley. You're somewhere miles and miles away, and all you have are two lights that indicate track one and track two. You've been told track one has five people on it, track two has one person on it. You see that the light for track one is lit up. All you have to do is push a button. The train goes to track two. One person dies. You're responsible, but you don't have to see it. In those circumstances, most people, I will not say you because you might be some weirdo, but most people are at least somewhat likely to make that change. You are more likely to be okay with that if you can be disconnected from the equation. But there's another variation of the trolley problem. Now imagine that you are standing on a platform and the trolley is barreling down the tracks towards you. And there are people off down the tunnel that the trolley is about to pass you They will die. The trolley will run them over and they will be killed. However, there is a person on the track with you. You can push them in front of the trolley, stop the trolley, and the five people down the track will die. Now, from a purely mechanical sort of let's not worry about how anybody feels standpoint, These two decisions are the same decision. You are still making a choice to kill one person in a way that will save five other people. And for the sake of argument here, let's pretend you are not able to jump in front of the train. Because obviously that's what you would say, right? Somehow you're chained up or whatever that you could, you know, you can kick this person, right? You're, You're stuck to a board or something, so you can't jump in front of the trolley, but... This other person, you can push them off with your hands and they'll be in front of the trolley that'll stop it from hitting the other five. The fact that you now have to physically interact with another human being, you have to put your hands on them, you have to look them in the eyes, makes it much less likely for you to make, again, what I am going to interpret as the right choice. Because now you're connected to it. Now you can see the person's eyes in front of you and you don't want to make that choice. And I think that's the problem with Fisher's analogy. And it's something that it just came up in my mind because I thought, surely, surely this is not as slam dunk as everybody's making it sound. I've, I, I've, I racked my brain trying to think of like, well, how am I, how has this been accepted for so long as just, well, yeah, obviously the president should have to kill somebody to launch some nukes. No, he shouldn't. In the same way that a general commanding an army into battle should not have his only son 
fighting on the ranks of the front line. Now, again, our moral sensibility says, well, why would the general send somebody else's son into battle and not others? That That's sort of like the pat easy answer, but that's also stupid because everybody cares about their kids more than other people's kids. It's just a fact of life. I like my kids better than I like your kids. I don't want your kids to die, but I'm going to feel much worse if my kids die than if your kids die. So, you don't put people in that position intentionally where they are less likely to make the best decision for the overall outcome. Emotions and empathy are amazing, positive, beautiful human qualities, but they are not always necessarily useful in getting things to the best outcome. There are times when empathy can actually hurt you. And this is one of those times. Because what if we are in a mutually assured destruction kind of situation? What if the nukes are going to fall regardless of what you do? What if Stalin doesn't have the guy who he can kill? Or Stalin doesn't care if he's going to kill somebody, right? Like that's that's another uh, big wrinkle in the plan if you have a president who is cool with nuking the la- nuking the launch, launching the nukes by killing somebody or somebody on the other side who's a complete sociopath, that really throws a, link, a, a wrinkle in the whole plan. Because the human element, while it is important and it is necessary to consider, are we taking into account the, the human lives that will be lost? We also have to take into account the human lives that will be saved. We also have to consider the strategic outcome of all of this. And like I said, it's entirely possible that Mr. Fisher is right. And there is never a good time to launch the nukes. But the way that I can say that that's maybe at least 99% of the time the case is because even without this plan that he proposed in place, we have not entered thermonuclear war. Fisher famously predicted that by the year 2000 or 2001, I don't have my dates exactly uh, in front of me for that, but he predicted, oh, we're definitely going to be in a thermonuclear war of some kind. Somebody's going to launch some nuke somewhere. That didn't happen. And it, we didn't need for this kind of extra fail-safe to be in place for people to eventually make the right decision. Now, maybe that's a historical fluke. Maybe somehow we got to this place in history by an insane amount of good luck. I don't know how you would tell that one way or the other. But we did get to this place in history. This plan misses what I think is the point. Human emotions are amazing things, but there are times when you want to build in some distance into the system. If you want the person to make the right choice in the trolley problem, don't stick them on the platform with the person they have to push. Put them in the room 50 miles away with a button and some lights. Because then they will make the choice to end the fewest lives. That's my argument. 
Anyway, I this is mostly me talking here, right? I know a lot of these uh, so far of the four that we've done now uh, have been me just explaining other people's ideas, but I really wanted to sit down and make this argument because it's been running through my head for the last couple days, and that's why I do this. It's when I, there's something that's just bugging me that I gotta get out. I really have to share with some people. I'm sharing it with you guys. I hope that you enjoyed it. Hope that you'll tell a friend about it if you want them to enjoy it too. We'll see you guys next time for something interesting. Take care, y'all.